Will you join me in prayer, please? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each and every one of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, dear Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I have a distinct memory from junior high, one which my best friend Alejandra likes to remind me of occasionally. She and I had gone to the movies with the plan that when the movie was over, we would call my parents to get a ride home. So we went to the movies, the movie ended, I called my parents, and there was no answer. So I waited a few seconds and called back just in case they hadn't gotten to the phone quite in time. And again, there was no answer. Now, this is back in the days before cell phones, so I'm using the pay phone at the movie theater. And as I'm getting ready to pick up the phone for the third time in about 30 seconds, Alejandra manages to wedge herself between me and the phone and barricade it off and makes the crazy suggestion that I might wait five minutes before trying again. And she had to stand there that entire five minutes barricading the phone so that I would wait. And now you might think that in the nearly 20 years since that happened, I would have developed this thing called patience. But clearly, you were not with me a couple weeks ago when I was standing on the front step of my friend's apartment complex. We'd agreed that on our way to karaoke, I would pick him up, and then we would go together. And I was to call when I arrived at his house. So I called, and again, there was no answer. And in the three or four minutes it took him to pick up his phone, I called again, and again, and again, and sent text messages between each phone call. So I understand that Kelly's sermon series for Lent is about confessions, about taking a look at the messy parts in our lives. So today, and I know I'm not alone in this, I confess that I am impatient. Like the man in the scripture from today who wants his fruit to produce, his fruit tree to produce fruit right now, we all expect quick results. We try a new diet and we find ourselves disappointed that we haven't dropped 10 pounds in the first week. Or we ask for a new toy for Christmas, but we find ourselves searching out our parents' hiding places because we just can't wait till Christmas to see if we got that new toy. We commit to living frugally and saving money, but if our bank account doesn't have a bunch of new zeros at the end of the amount at the end of the first month, we get disappointed and frustrated. We all have times that we struggle with impatience. So let's now confess these to one another. I want you to turn to someone next to you, preferably someone you didn't come with so you can know someone a little better, and share one or two situations that bring out your frustration or your impatience. So go ahead and take a minute and do so now.
Let's take about 10 more seconds of sharing and then come back together. I can tell from the way the volume just jumped up exponentially that I'm not alone in confessing that I'm impatient. We all like fast. We don't like to wait. Whether we're at the grocery store checkout line or job training or falling in love, we are impatient. We want things right away and we want them to be just how we want them without having to work at them. And we bring this impatience to our relationship with God. We want a God that answers prayers just like that. And not only that, they need to be answered in the way that we were hoping they would be answered. We want a deep spiritual centeredness, a strong connection to God, an abiding faith. But we want it instantly and without having to put any work into it. But unfortunately for us, that's not how things work in the parable that was read today. Yes, there's the impatient landowner who wants his tree to bear fruit. And we can all sympathize with him. But we have to remember there's another character, the pesky gardener. And what does this gardener have to say? The gardener says, wait some more, tend to the tree, put in some effort, some TLC, some nutrients into the thing, and see what happens. And so we get the double whammy. Not only do we have to be more patient, we have to wait but we also have to put some work into it. Patience and work, you see, are what bring about the fruit. A friend of mine had to wait five hours in the emergency room one day, and anyone who's been in an emergency room knows that they don't have comfortable seats, and waiting when you're facing a medical crisis is inherently stressful and patience-depleting. Now, she had gone to the emergency room because she had lost her eyesight, and so she didn't have much that she could do to occupy her time and distract her as she waited. It would have been so easy to spend the time getting frustrated at the wait, hassling the staff about when she would finally get to see the doctor and pacing up and down the waiting room. But rather than get impatient and anxious, my friend used the time to pray to pray for herself and her own medical condition, to pray for all of the other patients in the hospital and for the doctors, to pray for her family and for her congregation. And rather than letting herself get impatient, which, let's be honest, it would have been a very natural and understandable reaction given the circumstances, she chose instead to take the time to center herself in God placing herself in God's time, and living out peace, trusting that she'd be taken care of. And she was. Those five hours of waiting did nothing to worsen her eye problem, but the time spent being impatient would have done harm to her. So imagine you've spent the last few hours feeding your impatience, getting increasingly frustrated and angry at others as you've had to wait, upping your stress level and your nerves as you pace, and then you finally get in to see the doctor, only to find out that your eyesight is permanently gone. It's not hard for me to imagine what my response would be. I'd be mad, stressed, and devastated. I'd be looking for someone to blame or someone to blow up at. Now imagine getting that same news after spending several hours in prayer connecting to God. The scene in my mental picture takes on a whole new feel. 
Yes, I'm still sad and scared, but I'm also calmer and have an underlying peace, tapping into my faith that teaches me that God will make something beautiful out of even the worst situations. By choosing not to be impatient, we open ourselves up to grace-filled rather than knee-jerk responses. We may not be able to change the outcome of a situation, but we can certainly change how we receive the outcome. And that's all well and good, but how do we go about cultivating this patience? Well, here are a few tips. The first is to take a deep breath and a step back. If you're in the heat of the moment and you feel your blood starting to boil as your impatience increases, acknowledge your reaction. Take a slow, deep breath and slowly exhale. And then take a metaphorical step back. Waiting in a long line is annoying, sure, but it's kind of a small thing to let ruin your mood, isn't it? So put your frustration into perspective. Is anyone in physical harm? Is this a life or death situation? Will this matter tomorrow or next week or even next year? If not, just let it roll off your back rather than get under your skin. And then practice patience on yourself. Do you get frustrated with yourself? Maybe you have that inner critic who says not so loving things like, I can't believe you forgot your keys again, or stuck your foot in your mouth again, or lost your temper again. Practice patience with yourself. Just shrug, remind yourself that no one's perfect, and let it go. After all, we're all works in progress. And then take a moment to ask yourself why you're in such a hurry. If you feel rushed going about your normal day, ask yourself why. Will the world end if you get home five minutes later? What if you stop and talk to the random people you meet each day? The store clerks, the people on the bus, the guys getting coffee in front of you. If you stop to talk, you'll be amazed at how much more connected to your community you'll feel. And waiting in line is less frustrating if you think of it as an opportunity to meet a new friend rather than just a waste of time. Think of the things that you've gained by being patient, the good things that have happened in your life because you waited. Did passing up on a few so-so job offers last year pave the way for you to land the job you really wanted this year? Did not marrying your first crush allow you to meet the partner of your dreams? When you think of the positive outcomes that have come from waiting, it puts into perspective why it's not always the best strategy to just rush into things. Then, do the work, even if the results aren't coming as quickly as you'd like. Keep practicing that sport, because only through practice will you gain the skills you desire. Keep working out and eating right if you want to become healthier. It may take a few weeks to lose the 10 pounds, but they're not going to go off if you just go back to eating chips and sitting on the couch. Keep working on your relationship with God if you want a deep faith. Now that one's especially important for the next tip for cultivating peace. Tap into God's peace when you feel yourself getting impatient. I find that praying and reading the Bible are especially helpful with this. If I'm praying God's blessings on someone else, it's a lot hard, harder for me to get frustrated with them. 
And reading the Bible and seeing how long it takes the disciples to understand what Jesus is teaching brings new perspective when you're training someone for a new job or trying to learn something new yourself. The Gospel tells us that it took the disciples a very, very long time to get it. And yet Jesus persists in teaching them. And it's a good thing he did, or we wouldn't be here today, because there wouldn't be the church. Patience, when seen through the lens of God's time, can provide an amazing attitude adjustment. Perhaps the fruit tree in the parable doesn't produce fruit the following year. If the landowner has not spent time cultivating patience, it's not hard to imagine him yelling at the gardener for making him waste the space in the fertilizer, ordering him to get that tree out of here and something else planted. But instead, if the landowner has been cultivating patience while the gardener has been cultivating this tree, perhaps he'll notice that the tree provides a home for several birds that help keep the bug population down around his house. Or maybe he'll notice that the branches are situated just perfectly for that treehouse his daughter's been begging him for. Patience may not change the outcome of our weight. In this case, no fruit from the fruit tree. But it most certainly changes our responses and how we view the situation. It gives us a glimpse through God's eyes Eyes that see beyond our immediate gratification to the flourishing of life for everyone. So may we have the courage to confess our own impatience this Lent and the grace to cultivate within ourselves God's patience. Amen.